Hey, if you want to meet young horny teens. Ooh, did you save that one? <laughs> Podcast is back on the air, beaches. My name is Darian. I've returned for another week of horror bullshit. My main man Jason Harrell is in the house. In the hizzy. What's, What's up, going boys? on, Jason? Uh, other than watching you uh, look like you're sucking on a turd, drinking that Truly over there, it's not good. I'm it, having a Truly. You don't look like you're enjoying. I'm not enjoying the Truly. Uh, let's see. I'm back at work now. Oh no! Yay! Oh no! Day two complete. Day two. Oh no! Sixty-five days remain. <laughs> Sixty-five work days. I was gonna say sixty-four to wake up, right? Yeah. Uh, the first night. So in preparation for going back on the first night, I'm like, you know what? Go to bed early. Yeah. Got to get up at three a.m. Right. So I went to bed at seven o'clock. My man. Didn't fall asleep. Of course not. Till seven or till nine thirty. Okay, that's still not bad. Woke up at two. Couldn't go back to sleep. Well. Once you're up, you're up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It I was, hate that it was shit. Brutal, man. I hate it. That is the word. I get that a lot lately, especially in my old age. I'll wake yeah. up at like four. I don't have to be up till five thirty, so I'm like, well, I'm gonna go back to sleep. No. No. I snap open and all of a sudden <laughs> what? What? And I start thinking about what I gotta do at work today. Then I gotta think about the kids, and then I'm before I know it, I'm reaching for the cell phone. <laughs> And then my alarm's going off. Well, yep. fuck. Now it's time to get ready <laughs> Where for work. Where did that hour and a half go? You motherfucker. Then this morning, day two, I wake up and I've got freaking snow all over my windshield. Yeah, dude. Woke up this morning, another inch of snow. It's now May, Yeah, for Christ's sakes. And as I told you, I have one wiper that works. <laughs> Thank goodness it's on the driver's side. <laughs> Christ. It's not the rear wiper. <laughs> like, I refuse to get it fixed because I know I statistically live in a place that has zero moisture. <laughs> I, you, We should not be dealing with this in may no we should it's and, ridiculous i mean i could see some rain but it yeah. is full-on snowing out yeah so it was an hour and a half plus commute right uh with one wiper plate. <laughs> hey you're alive you did something right i did something <laughs> it was something all right right on what's man. new with you i hate to start this this show on a low note oh, but okay. i've got a sad story to tell all right. a somber occasion mm-hmm. tragedy has stuck struck the uh the padded room Whose household. mother is dead well, it's 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 a bit more than that. Okay. So let me let me paint the picture for you. <laughs> Friday, I pick I pick my kids up from school. Deacon comes out with a Ziploc bag full of water and a crayfish at oh, the bottom. Yeah. The crayfish is scuttling about. Yeah. Deacon is so excited. He's already named him. His name's Feisty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows how to take care of him. He's ready to go. So excited about his new pet crayfish. Okay, buddy. 
Now, you were just given a guppy from the school. I was. The guppy came from Daphne's class. Okay. The crayfish is from Deacon's class. Well, I'm glad you're, the school, like, is, universally is just giving you responsibilities. Yeah, they're just handing them out is uh-huh. what they're doing. And my kids get so fucking excited for it, I can't say no. Sure. Um, I don't want to be the joker in this equation. I don't want to be the bad guy. Uh, so here he comes with his crayfish. We get him home. We get him set up. We put him in this little... A bit, it, I'm going. I'm taking the word of an eight-year-old on how to care for uh, this creature because of his extensive marine biology background. <laughs> That's what it is. His storied history in uh, crustacean management. Uh, you put him in a pan. You put water in it. Uh, we had to leave the water what out. What are you making lunch? I, I, I'm doing what he told me to do. Okay. You got to put a little like enclosure over it because they like the dark. Okay, perfect. It's Friday. We got football practice. Uh, so we get home from school about 3 o'clock. We leave for football practice about 6.30. Um, everything's cool. We, we checked on him before we left. He's good to go. He's, you know, doing his crayfish thing. All right. We left him on the center island in the kitchen. There's no possible danger in, on the center island in the kitchen. We go to football practice. It's across town. We get home probably about 9 o'clock at night. First thing we check on, the crayfish. It's not in the fucking pan, Jason. We got a crayfish at large, is what we have. <laughs> so everybody comes in. I ate. Now, did it still have the cover on it? It did. Okay. It did. So immediately, I'm like, okay, everybody, watch your step. He's probably on the floor. I don't know. I don't know what. Are they? What are they? Amphibious? Are they uh, aquatic animals? I don't know. I don't know anything about crawdads or crayfish. Apparently, some kind of Hulk hybrid. It's what it is. So every, okay, look out, everybody. I'm, I'm telling. I'm prepping deacon right now all right he got clearly he got out of the pan i don't see him on the center island he must have fallen off i'm sorry buddy but he's probably if he's not going to survive that uh four foot fall yeah so he's probably already gone he's dead we're looking for the dogs also running around that brings me to the second the second part (laughs) of my story the crayfish crime scene that we found in the living room. I was wondering what that tiny little chalk outline was. (laughs) The little placards with the numbers. Uh, Deacon, unfortunately, was the one to discover the crayfish crime scene, which took up a a substantial area on the the rug in the living room. A lot of crunchy shale. A lot of uh, parts, a lot of uh, uh, things laying about. And uh, that was that was the end of Feisty the Crayfish. Not very feisty anymore. No, no, we're we're done with Feisty. Thank you, school, for giving me this death and destruction and disappointment in my house <laughs> and bringing tragedy to what was a very happy home. How was the fish? The fish is fine. Yeah, the fish is a guppy. The oh. fish can't get out of the fucking tank. <laughs> Well, if the dogs could manage to maybe no. tilt it over, I mean, even still, the fish. So, do you think the dogs somehow like? Smack the lid off of the no. crayfish? No, they couldn't get to it if they wanted to. Now, is that the same thing as a crawdad? It is the, the exact same thing. as a craw, It's a crawdad. That's okay. what it is. All right. So the only thing that I could surmise is that this fucking thing got out of the pan, out of, despite the enclosure. With its Herculean strength, it lifted the, the I mean, lid. You see those things. <laughs> they got the fucking pinchers on them, Jay. Uh, and then somehow either got too close to the edge of the... Uh, uh, island where the dogs could get it, yeah. or it fell off. In which case, the dog was like, <laughs> "Here's a tasty treat." So that is the tragedy of the Brock House here in the bathroom. 
And then, of course, me <laughs> flushing him down the toilet. Oh, God. It took a good... Man, uh, didn't even get to make a nice, like, pot boil or anything. Oh, God. I, to- I, told, I told my football coaches the story, and they're like, oh, yeah. His first tattoo is going to be a big crayfish. <laughs> In memoriam. Yeah. Uh, sp- uh, feisty. Uh, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. <laughs> With a bottle of Old English pour- being poured out over it. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. We got a real horror story to get into here, Jason. We got listener mail. We got horror news. All the usual stuff. Let's kick things off with a little horror news, if we could, sir. Bye. Horror news. Yeah, what do you got, big guy? Uh, Scream Factory got pre-orders up for uh, the last three um, Chucky movies. So you got Seed, Bride, and Curse of Chucky. Uh Oh, and and Cult of Chucky. Okay. Um, 4K releases uh, all the way up through like exclusive like collectors things with pin sets and eight posters and all kinds of other shit that nobody wants for a bunch of movies that aren't necessarily great i guarantee you somewhere out there is a probably a very attractive young lady who is just a chucky aficionado yeah i don't understand it i don't care for it um she constantly dresses up as where's, cosplays as where's Tiffany. the little coveralls or oh, the tiffany oh. thing yeah i like the coveralls but <laughs> yeah. um i don't know man uh i'm not into it uh child's play one pretty good yeah i picked up their first release which was the first three i'm not mad at that because those that's about that, that's as far as I need to go. That that far? Yeah, about that. <laughs> it's the a old three shocker. finger salute. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. And once you get into, uh, I I wasn't even mad at uh, what was it, Curse of Chucky? I didn't mind Bride. I didn't care for Bride. Bride and Seed were complete garbage to me. Seed's pretty terrible. Um, Curse I thought was pretty good. Cult <laughs> of Chucky. Now we're getting into Chucky Kaiju and armies of Chuckies. Yeah. Oh, fuck That's off. That's the only one I've never seen. You don't need it. Yeah. You don't need it. That I have, was based upon your strong recommendation yeah. that I not watch it. I heard, I have not seen it, but I heard that the Child's Play remake is not bad. That's where he's not Chucky. He's like Buddy or something Oh, okay. Like yeah, I saw that. What would um, you think of that? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it was okay. It's okay. Uh, that, that new... It's a lesser Megan. Okay. That's yeah. kind of what I thought Megan would be. Yeah, I, I wish you would have had a Gatling gun, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> In I part never, two, yeah, I never, I never got into the uh, sci-fi series either, but I heard it was tolerable. Is that all you got, dude? That's it, man. Have you ever seen a slasher movie called The Burning? <clears throat> no. Insert STD jokes here. Okay. Um, not bad. A lot of people call it the original slasher because it falls right in between uh psycho and halloween Mm -hmm. it's it's a summer camp situation okay uh there's it's not bad uh it's got jason alexander and jennifer jason lee in it like preteen jason had to be yeah Yeah. um it is getting the wow george costanza with hair yeah yeah. even even at the ripe old age of 14 you could see it rolling (laughs) back on just peeling off Uh, it's not a bad show. It's getting the full 4K Ultra HD upgrade this summer. Something to think about. Uh, Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Getting a reboot starring Sylvester Stallone. Oh, wow. He is just not going to let go. No? Man, or at least Schwarzenegger has been like, okay, I'm going to keep my shirt on from now on. I think Stallone still pulls it off, though. Ah, he's got like a grizzled... I, I can't... 
look at him and not see like some methamphetamine use. Oh, there's to me it just looks like he lives off of like human growth hormones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's you know? not, he's not taking in any any nutrition, no, no vitamins. No, it's just he's living off pure HGA protein packs and random. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> dead babies or something. I don't know, man. Um, I'm into it. I like the first cliffhanger. Yeah, it was all right. I will. I will give it a watch. See what what he's doing now. Who's a bad guy in that? John Lithgow again? Uh, he's dead, isn't he? Well, oh, the I original. Mean, the original. Um, yes, he was one of them. Uh, Billy Bob. Thornton, I think, was in that. Hmm. Been a long time since. Yeah, it's been a long time for me. And uh, Michael Rooker. Oh, what what are we going to get next? Uh, Over the top part two. Oh, please. Please. (laughs) I need to see that hat spin around. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's business time. Oh, shit. Uh, Speaking of part twos, The Barn Part Two Hmm, is going to be uh, streaming on Screenbox in May. Nice. Uh, Still not going to do it, but something to think about. Speaking of streaming, my friend. The Pope's Exorcist, mm-hmm. Renfield, and Dungeons and Dragons all hit streaming today. VODs. Oh, wow, that was quick. Probably looking at a twenty dollars rent on all those. But oh, okay, so not like for free on Paramount. No, or something. no, okay. I don't think so. But gotcha. it, they will be available. Uh, lastly, did you did you see the original Black Christmas? Mm-hmm. What'd you think of that one? been so long i can't even remember that one also sometimes gets credited as the first slasher yeah but it's i hear a lot of people make that kind of claim it came before halloween uh like you know it came out before halloween uh i mean i guess you could say it's a slasher but i don't know i don't i don't think it carries the weight that halloween does um olivia hussey who played the main girl in that one is returning for a Black Christmas fan film sequel entitled "It's Me, Billy." Okay, um, I'm not a. I I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm not like some kind of a weird super fan for Black Christmas. Um, I'll check it out. I got to tell you, dude. I think these fan films are where it's at. Yeah, you know they they get enough fan service in there, and now big stars or what were was big stars sure. are showing up <laughs> to reprise old roles to be in these well, fan and, films. And how much I know a lot of these fan movies don't really have much budget, but I mean, how much does it really cost to bring in a Kane Hodder or a you know a fucking Candyman? What's his damn name? Uh, Tony uh, Todd. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, what is it? A pack of Marlboros is twenty bucks. <laughs> Well, they're charging like a hundred bucks a piece for their fucking autographs. Yeah. So. So one twenty. Right, baby. Maybe yeah. uh, we'll be in your short <laughs> and film. And a pack of cools. <laughs> well, that's only Tony Todd. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of into. it. I don't know, man. I would love to make a fan film, but I I don't know. Like for me, my go to would be the Hellraisers. But there's no fucking way I can make a Hellraiser movie mm-hmm. on with, you know, I can afford a Subway sandwich. Well. Even if you utilize CGI, it would be better CGI than that that last uh, <laughs> Creeper movie. Oh, uh, Jeepers Creepers! Jeepers Creepers! Yeah, yeah that was reborn. Terrible. That was terrible. That had see. That's why I, that, I think that... I think you could do better CGI than Phantasm Five. Oh, easily, yeah, easily. I could probably so, get a better actor than Reggie so Bannister bad. too. <laughs> Come on, Michael, <laughs> take my ponytail out. Um, but I feel like that's kind of like where the this sub this genre is going because fans are making films now. Yeah, like uh, I I almost hate to admit it, but I was actually in a Nightmare on Elm Street fan film, which actually turned out to not be that that bad. 
I, I thought. I, I know the exact movie that you're talking about, and I remember uh, starting to watch it, yeah. but uh, just for whatever reason went to the wayside and have forgotten about it till just now. <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> Clearly, it was a memorable piece. There was a lot of heart put in it. There was, and um, a lot of... Um, that you could tell, having spoken with the, you know, the the production crew and the director, there was a lot of love for those characters, mm-hmm. for the, um, the the existing source material and stuff like that, and th- that that can go a long way. Well, I I I think at this point I would rather watch a, a fan flick than to see you know Halloween ends, uh, uh, yeah. or something like that. Where, I mean, the fans know the ending we want, right? Uh, and these people just seem to shit on it with multi-million dollar budgets. I, I, I would agree. And I think you can't find a better example of that than the latest Candyman movie because it was a solid show. They just fucking did. I, they, they took Daniel Robitaille and completely removed him from the equation. Yeah. And he is the Candyman. Yeah. That's too bad. That's like saying that Freddy Krueger was just a, uh, a puppet to some greater demon evil thing. All right, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right, enough about that. That's all we got on the uh, listener or uh, horror news, my friend. You ready for some listener mail? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. Listener mail. Yes, Jason. Listener mail. Let's start things off in Southern California. Let's do. Here comes Tony. Subject line, Darian is a turd. Fair enough. I've been called a lot worse. A good assessment. I'm I'm okay with that. (laughs) Greetings, padded room. Hope all is well with Jason and Buddy. Darian can pound sand. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Here comes the devil. Is sand the nickname of his butthole? (laughs) (laughs) Sand ain't feeling too good today, boys. I think I ate something. Uh, here comes the devil seem to just fall off at the end. I don't think it's a language barrier. I think the movie just sucked at the end. The third act of the movie seems seems takes like 10 minutes to complete. I think there's a typo there. I understand the hill was evil, but what did the serial killer and lesbian finger have to do with the story? Uh, fair question, my friend. Only an asshat would pick a movie like this to make people watch. I didn't make anybody watch it. There, Tony. You're free to do as you please. For three on a meat hook, soundtracks. Number three, Resident Evil. So much promise for the franchise after the first movie. That's a good one, actually. It as is. far as yep. uh, that uh, two th- early 2000s new metal. Mm-hmm. A lot of Slipknot, Marilyn Manson on there. <coughs> Number two, Dracula 2000. The best part of the movie was the soundtrack. Uh, it's another good one. Number one, Freddy versus Jason. There is a theme. The more metal, the better. Oh, look, a mountain lion. Tony. Fucking mountain lion. Right on, Tony. Watch out for that mountain lion, buddy. Let's see who's up next here. Let's get down to Sydney, Australia. Here comes team. G'day, mate. Oi. Subject line, metal and horror. What's up, everyone? Hope everyone's happy, healthy, and doing well. I wanted to come in with my three on a meat hook. This one's tough to choose. There's way too many soundtracks that kick ass. I'm going with these three. Number three, The Lost Boys. Yeah. I love that. That was right there on the cusp. 
again, we we have that problem of like three super kick ass songs and then a bunch of like weird fluff. Yeah. So the super kick, I think the super kick ass ones kind of outweigh the fluff. So I'll give them that one. Uh, three words I still believe. Sexy sax man, buddy. Number two, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, two thousand and three. Much like Demon Knight and other soundtracks, this was just a collection of metal songs, but it had the likes of Pantera, Mushroom Head, Hatebreed, etc. That's weird. The because the 2003 remake. Wasn't that the Jessica Bill one? Yeah, I thought that was mostly like 70s. Southern rock. Yeah, yeah, uh, like Leonard Skinner. Yeah, uh, some uh, I don't know, Creedence yeah, maybe. Not sure. I don't know. Uh, if you say so, Tim. Number one, Freddy vs. Jason. The soundtrack was played on repeat at my house when I got it. I discovered so many bands from this album, and I still listen to it regularly. It features bands like Il Nino, Spine Shank, Slipknot, Kill Switch Engage, and so many more. Fantastic collection of early 2000s metal. Nice. Darian, I was shocked to hear you love Biohazard when you were younger. Deep dive band that I've forgotten about and now have to go back and listen to again. I still listen to the first two albums, Tim. Great show last week on Trick or Treat. If you type in Trick or Treat 1986 on YouTube, the full film is up and you can watch it on there. I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy the 4K when it comes out. That's it for me this week. Much love, you all. Oh, also, Darian, thank you for the lovely video you sent me a few weeks back of you all dancing. Wish I could have been there busting some moves with y'all. So here's the thing, Tim. I have solemnly swore that any time uh, that CG five horror show song comes on, I'm going to stop what I'm going to. Well, I'm stopping. What I'm, stopping what I'm doing. I'm breaking out the uh, the cell phone and I'm making a video of me and whomever dancing to it and sending it directly to you. It's because of your podcast that Sarah and I fell in love with that song so much. It's featured prominently on our like synchronized musical archway at Halloween. Like I love that song. Every time my wife gets into my Jeep, she grabs my phone and puts that song. Nice. Every single time. Yeah. It's getting a little old. I'm just saying. (laughs) Never. I can sing it from front to back. Right on, Tim. Thanks for uh, writing in there, big dog. We got some uh, voicemails to get to, I believe. Jason, let's start things off in Anderson, Indiana. Let's do. Mr. Body Shop himself, Coop Newcomb in the house. Darian, Jason, maybe Buddy. Maybe Hello, not. how are you guys? We're okay. Um, so, we uh, got the three on the meat hook are the, uh, I think you guys said it was the uh, top horror movie soundtrack. Yes, sir. And so, I'm going to go with uh, number three. You guys were already giving it a, uh, a mention on the last episode was The Crow. Oh, yeah. Um. Dude, no, I, I, Darian and I are pretty close to the same age, so that definitely had a lot of, uh, you know, sentimental songs on there. I remember I took a horrible date to that movie. <laughs> so that one's going to go for my number three. Uh, number two. Ah. Uh, how about The Lost Boys? Very sure. 80s. A uh, lot of cool songs on there. You know, and, uh, every once in a while, one of the guys at work will play that soundtrack. At the shop I worked at, you know, get you in that '80s feel. I love it. That's uh, that one I like. Um, God, number one would be really, man, it'd be really difficult. I'm kind of leaning uh, towards what Darian had said about Demon Knight. I should I, I forgot all about the songs on that one. That's a beautiful. Uh, I like that one, but I also like uh, oh, what's that crap movie? Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil, like they had some Slipknot, sure, some Fear Factory, that one. 
I don't know. I'd be a toss-up between those two for my number one. That's fair enough. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know what uh, what educate is. Okay. Can't I, I can't put those clues together? Believe it or not, I actually freaking knew what the one was from the week before, but. <laughs> That's your story. Sure, pal. Anyway, you guys are awesome. I will holler at you later. Bye. Later. Right on. You're awesome, Coop Nukem. Uh, yeah. Demon, have you, did you, have, you've seen Demon Knight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever hear the soundtrack? I don't, I don't recall it. It's it's in the same... I remember the movie quite well, but it, I don't remember the music. It's in the same vein of like a Resident Evil with all the metal. It's not the, the t- early 2000s new metal, though. It's like late 90s. So you get some Black Flag, some Ministry, some early Pantera... Um, I feel like there was some Megadeth in there. I can't say for sure. <clears throat> I, was, I was too captivated by uh, a very bald Billy Zane. Oh, so. just hamming it up in that one. <laughs> Favorite part. You bo-dunk, ho-dunk, goddamn hillbilly motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's awesome. I love him. All right, let's get down to Alabama. Here comes Alan. Hey. What's up? What's up, Alan? Everybody's doing good. We're here. So, I watched Scream 6. Scream 6. I didn't hate it. Okay. Nope. Um, I don't know why Tom Hardy hates it so much. I mean, it, <laughs> it is stupid. <laughs> and, I mean, it's got some, like, Batman villain level shit in oh, it. Oh, no. But I was entertained. Okay. Um, anyway, shut up, dog. Anyway. <laughs> I thought that was a Meat Hook. I'm going to leave you sound track. What do you think? Number... Three, I'm going to go The Crow. Okay. No, number three, I'm going to go Dracula 2000. That's it's not got bad Pantera one. and Slayer on it. Yeah, I have it's that. It's got some crap, man. Okay, it's, it's a good soundtrack. Static. So, number three, too. Dracula 2000. Number two, The Crow. Sure. And number one is this direct-to-DVD movie. Oh, boy. It's called Faust, Love of the Damned. Oh, yeah. That soundtrack <laughs> has friggin' Bulgaria. Yeah. Cold Chamber. Wow. Uh, Cradle of Filth. Sepultura. Uh, obituary. It's just a badass metal soundtrack. Nice. The dog agrees. Anyway, <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Mr. Darian, are you Grave Encounter? You got me. I'll say as far as what I'm looking at, Alan's I watched weird. Satanic Panic. That was funny. I liked it. <laughs> then I watched... Dinkle, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> then I watched um, this documentary called An American Satan about people from the Church of Satan. Oh, very cool. That was pretty interesting. Um, it's kind of goofy. Let's see, what else? Uh, oh, Demon Wind. Yeah, sequel. There's a movie I hate more than Demon Wind. Oh, really? Realized. I need to and see that movie is Halloween Ends. Oh, wow. My two most hated movies are Demon Wind and Halloween Ends. And I hate Halloween Ends more. because I would agree with you. I it was like getting that. a fucking piece of shit. I'm a syphilitic whore on top of a wonderful Sunday. <laughs> it fucked up that whole trilogy. But Demon Wind's still a big piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we'll get forward to Demon well. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Right on, Alan. Thanks for calling later. in, man. Oh, that is bad. That is because bad. it's such a personal. Sl- Halloween ends is such a personal slight. I, that, it, like, yeah, it, it's just highly offensive. I get that. I get it. I uh, it, I think it just personally shits. Right on an entire core base of fans. Yeah. And I, even the outliers. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I could see that. If I was if I was Michael Myers, sight unseen, and I just watched Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, I would be equally as pissed off, I feel like. <laughs> Even not knowing, you know, the rest of the anything, yeah. just taking those three movies, not even seeing the first Halloween. Yeah. Just those three movies, I think I would... I probably wouldn't be as pissed off as I am being the Halloween, you know, sure. involved in the franchise. But I would still be pissed off just because that was such a shitty end yeah, to really what could was. have been a very cool <clears throat> trilogy. Right on, Alan. Thanks for calling in, man. Uh, sorry about the Demon Wind prequel, sequel coming up. Uh, let's get down to Southern California again. Mr. Tom Hardy in the house. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. How's my favorite degenerate this Good. week? We're here. I do hope everyone is doing well. Uh, you Don't know, ask about the crayfish. Quick. I was able to uh, join the padded room webpage there. I saw that. Uh, having a little bit of a hiccup there. I don't know what was going on. I'm sure it was Darian's fault. I'm sure it but, was, too. Uh, like the hero he is, you know, Jason Errol immediately came to the rescue and fixed the problem. My so, man. uh Hey. A good-looking site, man. Looks like uh, looks like you got a lot of places to go with it, man. So congratulations on that. He is working on uh, it also, extensively. Also uh, on the um, educating department. Come on now. I think I got you. Let's I, go, Tom Hardy. I, I think it's Haunted Asylum. Ah, so I'm close. not 100%, so I guess I'll just stand by on Fiddlesticks. my victory so dance there. Um, you know, on the What Are You Looking At department, I did get to catch the Terrifier 2. Yeah! And uh, I, all in all... I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. One of the things I remember hearing the criticism of it was just um, how long it was. And I was watching it, and I'll be honest with you, initially I was like, that's fine, man. There's something always fucking happening. Yeah. But then when it got to, like, like the big, you know, the big fight the final climactic yeah. scene between Art and um, the girl whose name I can't remember offhand with the angel wing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. That one just fucking kept going. That, going. Yeah, That's the only time did. I really kind of felt the length of the flick. Yeah. All in all, though, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good flick. I uh, enjoyed it. Art um, quickly becoming, I think, one of the, uh, you know, if they start pumping these out on a regular, I think he could quickly become the next, uh, you know, slasher icon sure. you know, up on the uh, up on the stage there. But, uh, oh, last thing I wanted to get at was your uh, meat hooks for this year, or yeah. for this week, the yeah. um, soundtracks. soundtracks. And, man, I can't believe you fucking called Shocker. Man, that is like... We can both that have is it. one of my go-to trivia oh, questions. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, and the people that are huge KISS fans. Hey, tell me about the name of the band that Paul Stanley was in with fucking uh, <laughs> Carmen Apiece. Was it Carmen or Vinny? Yeah. And... Uh, the, Fucking dude from White Snake like and super the drummer from Mot from Motley Crue, you know Tommy Lee. What band was that? What was the name of those songs? Dudes That's of like Wrath. one of my go-to. But yeah, I agree. That's got to be one of my personal favorite uh, soundtracks. Uh, another one I liked a lot was The Crow. Of course, I know it's not strictly horror. But I would I call it a horror adjacent sure. stuff. That had some Action good tunes horror. on it. You know, had uh, had Nine Inch Nails yep. and The Cure and Rollins Band. Thrill Kill Cult. That's a pretty good one. But I got to say, you know, my all-time favorite probably got to be uh, the Scream soundtrack from the first flick. Wow. That okay. had a lot of good tunes on it. And you can... GP, as he is wont to do about this time. All, the only music I even remember from Scream is that... Red Right Hand? Boop, 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 just that kind of like, the the little like... 
synthy type music that plays throughout the whole movie. Okay. It's like the little playful little jingle type thing they have. <laughs> That's all I remember. There, I don't remember any music. There's a, that one song they play in every Scream movie. It's it's called Red Right Hand, and they get like a different band to cover it every, yeah. every time. Um, I have the first Scream soundtrack. There's a very cool, <clears throat> a very slow and uh, melancholic cover of uh, Don't Fear the Reaper mm-hmm. on there. That's a pretty good tune. I couldn't tell you anything else <laughs> right. really about yeah. it. Uh, he called back, GP, baby. G motherfucking P. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm sorry, man. I thought I was going to go some boys at four weeks in a row. No way. Getting GP'd, no man. way. I was so close. <laughs> anyway, no, I was just saying, if you listen to the screen soundtrack, you can uh, you can see the whole movie go by, man. Uh, you, no. can, you can hear, hear the songs and picture the scenes and i don't know i thought it was a great one a lot of good tunes for that sure anyway hope all is well love you like that love you too tom hardy loving smooches thanks for calling in big dog oh man that's good stuff you're not i mean you're you're a pretty big scream fan you just never really picked up on the uh the soundtrack i'm not a big scream fan well you like the first one okay is that a big scream fan sure but I, I don't mean the Scream franchise. I mean the movie. It's fine. Scream. It's fine. It's okay. It's good. It's a good show. You can admit it. The first one. The first one is good. Uh, the first, No, the first one is good. Okay. It's absolutely the standard that they all stack up against. Um. Yeah. And fail miserably. Yeah, unfortunately. Once you play that multiple killers card... Now we're looking for it, and you're just going to run that formula into the ground. We'll get, in, get well, into it get, a little bit more down the road, Okay, I'm sure. there. We'll, we'll do that. You ready to get into a movie? You betcha. Let's do it. Los niños quieren ir a hacerlo de acá En una hora los quiero de regreso aquí. Había alguien en el cerro. ¿Qué es? Hay algo malo que está pasando con ellos. Here comes the devil. 
Jason. Here he comes. It's the <clears throat> devil. He's from 2012. Got 5.6 stars on IMDb. Is it Satan? Devil. Uh, <laughs> written and directed by Adrian Garcia Bogliano. Stars Laura Caro, Francisco Barrio, and Michelle Garcia. See. Si. Uh, this movie is not rated. I think it's well deserving of a hard R, though. Yeah. Just, if nothing else, for the horniness. <laughs> uh, this is a, for a demonic, well, I guess you'd call it a demonic possession movie. All kinds of non-demonic possession-related sexual encounters happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, that's why I love watching uh, the, the Spanish Channel. Even, like, the, the weather girl has, like, a low-cut, low cut, like, pushed-up. Mm-hmm. Bra thing going on. And a cold up. front coming past my nipples. Ooh. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Then you watch the soap operas. Laura. Por qué? It's beautiful. Uh, so our movie, where this this whole movie actually takes place in Tijuana. <clears throat> uh, I've been to Tijuana yes. many times. Have you ever been there? I have not. Um, I've not been to anything that looks like anything in this movie. But I would okay. assume that I've only been to the seedier more uh, drunken, prostitute-ridden parts. Mm-hmm, of course. As an American. Well, that's is, why you were going there. It is my right to do so. Yeah. How much does a donkey show cost nowadays? Well, you can't find a real one, <laughs> but you can get a stripper to put a donkey mask on. Oh, okay. And that costs about $3. Oh, American. nice. I call that a bargain. <laughs> she will take your $3 and wear that mask for exactly <clears throat> one song. Uh, so our movie starts, Jason, with a couple of young ladies Having sex with each other, sex. scissoring mm-hmm. at that. Some, yep, uh, full Some on, very aggressive, very aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Some might say a bit hostile scissoring. They are really going to town. Uh, afterwards, they get up. Those and, things had to have been suction cup together. I tell you, there was no room for the good lord between those two <laughs> no. ladies at all. Uh, they uh, they get done, and one of them is kind of like, oh, should, probably shouldn't have done that. The other one's like, no, no, we can be lesbians. It'll be fine. And then there's a knock on the door, and uh, they're like, what the shit? I'm going to get up. They start getting their clothes on. And uh, they go down. One of them goes down and opens the door, and then we just hear a bunch of thumping and screaming. Mm-hmm. The other one gets her clothes on, goes down there to find out what's going on. And lesbian number one is just getting the shit kicked out of her by a random... Uh, I, I would call him like a biker-looking dude. Yeah, just a and random door knocker who... He is uh, just pummeling her fucking face. Really doesn't like fingers that smell like vagina. I guess not. You know, I can, We can say that for a fact because he cuts two of her vagina-smelling fingers clean off her hand with a machete. He was just going to put them in his nostrils. For is that what it was? Yeah. Just, just to block walk around smell. smelling vagina. <laughs> oh, it is rotten in here. <laughs> Nose plugs, please. Uh, gives her a good throttling... Um, the other one grabs like a lamp and smashes him over the head with it, and then he takes off, and uh, you know they call the cops and all that stuff. Catch up to him as the sun is coming up the next morning. Our random door knocking psycho, he has found himself a local hill, and he is just uh, four wheeling his way up there, and he's stripping his clothes off as he does, and he's got a whole box of fingers with him, and he's kind of tossing them out as he goes. He's covered in blood, and he's barking like a dog. He's a complete maniac. Eventually, he gets to what I kind of assumed was some kind of a shrine or an altar or something that was like a rock formation. He's got a bunch of candles around it. And then from there, we cut to sometime in the future where we're going to pick up with our family. Uh, They're enjoying a nice day at the beach. We've got uh, 
a seemingly middle-class Tijuana family, uh, dad, mom, uh, teenage son and daughter, I would say maybe like 12, 13, son and daughter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's nothing wrong. They're enjoying their time at the beach. Now, I think it was a beach. We never actually saw any water. Yeah. There is a there's, beach. There's a lot of dirt. Yeah, there is a beach at Tijuana. <laughs> You don't want to go there. I wouldn't think you would. You don't want to get in that <laughs> water right there. Donkey semen and uh, glass bottles. There and- is. It is the party never officially <laughs> ended, and it is still going. So you might get your dick sucked. Uh, you're definitely going to get an STD, and whether or not you want the full chlamydia package depends on whether or not you brought your swimming trunks. Sounds like a pretty good deal. I mean, you're gonna if you're on a budget. It's a, <laughs> it is a party. Uh, they go to the beach. They're having a good time. They decide to uh, pack it up and head home. They're on their way home. Sun's going down. Everybody's kind of tired and sunstroked. They stop at a gas station, and the kids spot this random hill with a dirt road going around it. So the kids are like, hey, can we go play on the dirt road for a second? Yeah, it looks like a real hoot. Yeah. Oh, wait, what are you doing? No. Get back in the car. You don't go play in some random hill. With a dirt road? Get the fuck out of here. But they, the parents begrudgingly allow them to do so. They're like, okay, you have an hour and a half. I'm going <laughs> to hang at a gas station for an hour and a half? Yeah. That's called loitering. I'm going to be trespassed. <laughs> Regardless, the parents agree to it. Off the kids Well, they go. knew how much time they needed. Uh, apparently so. <laughs> Which is very strange because there's a couple of weird parts of this segment. Number one, the kids are walking up the dirt road by themselves and they're holding hands. Which is fine, sure, they're probably 11, 12. Not something I would do with a sibling at that age. But at one point, they switch their grip from like holding hands to full-on like boyfriend-girlfriend hmm. holding hands, which is kind of weird. Not really addressed, but it will kind of... Yeah, I normally reserve that for cousins. Well, I imagine so. Yeah. I mean, that's how us in the civilized world yes. do it. <laughs> uh, now, while they're off playing or fucking off or fingering each other up on the hill... Mom and Dad decide to have a romantic moment there in the gas station, the Tijuana gas station parking lot. Nothing gets me going like a service station bathroom (laughs) and gasoline. They weren't even in the bathroom. They were in the front seat of the car. (laughs) The smells were just kind of flowing through the car. It really gets the juices flowing. Mm -hmm. Um, As a parent, I can tell you when an opportunity of privacy arises – you need to get on Capitalize. it. Yes. yes. Uh, I don't know that even I would want to perform in the gas station Tijuana parking lot. But, you know, to each their own. Uh, Mom and Dad are in the car and they're all sweaty and kind of a little tired. And Dad just starts uh, finger-banging Mom and asking Well, her, it was laying there. So. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you brought it with you. What else you, you going to do? <laughs> And then he starts asking her questions about how many dicks she sucked. Yeah. Tell and, me what uh, a whore you are. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, how about the time when you uh, saw your babysitter's pussy? Tell me about that. And then they, they – I don't know if they actually had sex or not, but that was definitely a finger blasting, mm-hmm. if nothing else. And then they pass out and fall asleep. Yeah. Presumably for at least two hours. Mm-hmm. So when they wake up, they're in the uh, parking lot of the gas station in Tijuana. Yeah, it's the, get, getting dark, nice The sun has gone down, and they still got no kids. So they wait around for but a few minutes. But they do have very wet pants. They do. So, <laughs> so they hang around for a few minutes, and now they're starting to panic because they can't find their kids. They go up the dirt road a little bit, call, screaming their names. It's uh, Adolfo and Sarah are the kids. 
They're screaming for him. The kids don't show up. So then they go back to the gas station, end up calling the cops. Cops come. Uh, they're like, hey, what's up with your kids? They're up on the hill. I don't know. The cops tell them to get a motel room. They're in town. And uh, the the cops will keep looking throughout the night. And if they find them, they'll bring them to the hotel. The parents need to get some rest and relax. And we'll continue the search in the morning. At no point did the cops say, why would you send your kids into a hill for an hour and a half? I have to assume there's a cultural difference here where, you know. The, I mean, was that considered a park? Possibly. <laughs> Mexi- In TJ, was that a park? Mexicans are a sturdy people. And I feel like this is how that happens. You just periodically shove your kids out for a couple hours. Let them go play in the landscaping or whatever. Go kick a cactus and come (laughs) You know, do something. (laughs) I'm going to get knuckle deep in mom here for a minute. Uh, Kids are gone. Uh, Parents are freaking out. They check into the hotel. There's, again, a very weird subtext here because they get into a big fight uh, over whose fault this is and, wow, you had to stop. Oh, you had to shove your fingers in my pussy. Oh, this is all your fault. No, we should have just went home, all this they eventually mom kind of goes into the shower and when she goes into the shower she's got a fat bruise on her ribs yeah and dad goes in and sees the bruise mom sees the bruise the bruise is there i feel like they were kind of alluding to some kind of uh abusive situation that may have been there previous to this like he socked her in the ribs at some point i don't know but uh it's never really addressed but they make a big point out of showing you mm-hmm. this big fat bruise on mom's ribs yeah that was a good one and mom's got a pretty banging body i would call mom a bit of a butterface. <laughs> be honest with you she gets i mean this is not a good scene and she's all hot and you know disheveled but as the movie gets on mom gets progressively hotter and it's we that get, bruise that really got you going i know I, I, you know You're like you know what you know it what? looks like she likes nice likes a she nice likes little smacking around a little what i like to call rough trade <laughs> jason <laughs> clearly she forgot the safe word or she elected not to use it i like a tough girl um anyway the next morning comes around they're still all distraught and you know probably haven't slept a wink and they get out and they're Luckily, here comes the cops, and the cops found the kids. And they're like, hey, here's your kids. I'm like, oh, my God, so happy to see you. Yay. Big hugs and kisses, and thank you so much, officers. Okay, good to go. Uh, They get back in the car and take off. Now, something I glazed over that's going to become a prominent thing later in the movie. The reason they stopped at the gas station is because the daughter, Sarah, got her first period there at the beach. Mm -hmm. And mom wanted to buy some tampons, and unfortunately, they have to have this first interaction in a Tijuana gas station uh, bathroom. But while they were doing that, this weird panty lurker dude showed up and spotted the bloody panties on the counter. Close the door. I think there was a door. That dude had to have, like, bloody panty radar to pick up on those. You don't? I mean, don't we all? (laughs) You smell that? Yeah. 20 meters. Ooh, nice one. (laughs) Ripe. Uh, but you just we get... follow your cock around like a compass. <laughs> Gross. Uh, but uh, we get like a quick snapshot of this dude. Like it was prominently featured that we had to note the guy that spotted the bloody panties because he's going to come into play later. Uh, they get home um, immediately. Mom and dad think that something foul is afoot with the the kids. They're acting very. Um, 
I guess, autonomous. Like, they're, they're not displaying any emotion. Yeah. They're mindlessly going to and from school. They're not hanging out with any of their friends. All they do is come home, eat, be very uncomfortably close to each other all mm-hmm. the fucking time, which is a bit of a thing. Uh, eventually, they kind of mom and dad kind of get the idea that maybe something happened up on that hill that the kids aren't talking about. So they kind of they they try a few things at first. Uh, they take um, Sarah to the doctor because she had like an irregular period. And apparently, I don't know. I don't know anything about periods or how they work. Or I'm not going to admit to knowing anything about periods <laughs> or how they work. Uh, there was some irregularity there, so they're like, "Well, okay, maybe there was some trauma." Take her to the doctor. The doctor's like, "Well, did she mention any trauma? Did she say anything about any?" Well, no, she's not really talking to me. And she's like, "Okay, well, maybe a therapist would be a better place to go." So they take Sarah to a therapist. Uh, the therapist says that Sarah and uh, Adolfo are kind of developing a very unhealthy codependent type relationship to like whenever they're apart from each other, all they do is ask about the other one and they're always uncomfortably close to each other the whole, like all the time. So that's kind of freaky. Mom and dad start doing the math about, uh, you know, what might have happened on the, on the hill there. They get the idea that maybe an assault took place. And maybe this is when mom comes clean with the story of the panty lurker and what his problem was. And then we come to realize that we can't find the bloody panties mm-hmm. that Sarah was wearing that day in the in the dirty clothes. So we're like, hey, what's up with those bloody panties? And Sarah refuses to talk about it. So now they've kind of put two and two together and two plus two equals molestation, Jason. <laughs> it is a molestation. It is Hector, the molester. The Hector molester on the heel again, man. <laughs> uh, so now they're like, okay, all right, well, let's go talk to the cops about it. They go talk to the cops, but unfortunately the one detective just happens to not be there that day. So they're like, you got to come back tomorrow. Well, that 24 hours opens up the window to a full Frank Castle Punisher sequence where they're going to find this dude and and figure out what happens on their own. So they load up the kids and they go back to the area of the gas station. And they're like, hey, they remembered the panty gazer driving like a red truck with like kind of like a food truck kind of a thing. I don't know what – I think he was like a uh, pressure washer or something like that. No clue. Anyway, they go and they talk to the gas station guy, and they're like, hey, you know that guy with the, the red truck? I too busy masturbating by I, this point. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate to kill your boner. Uh, like, you know that guy with the red truck? Uh, we'd like to thank him because he helped us uh, when we were looking for our kids. And they're like, oh, yeah, Lucio. He's a strange guy, that guy. But uh, he lives in the trailer park right over here, and, uh, you know, he does something. He drives a big red truck around. So they drive around for a little while, and they find the big red truck, and they wait and as soon as Lucio comes out, Sarah starts freaking right out in the backseat of the car, screaming and freaking out. She won't talk about it, but she's having a full-on spaz attack. So they haul ass out of there. Unfortunately, somebody sees the, the spaz attack in the car, so they're like, oh, shit, what the fuck is going on there? So now they decide, mom and dad decide to go full-on Frank Castle, and they're going to put Lucio in the ground because he is clearly a molester. So um, they get a babysitter, a very hot babysitter by the name of Marcia, mm-hmm. to come watch the kids overnight while they go and do the do the damn thing. Uh, they know where Lucio lives. He lives in that trailer park. They follow him to his trailer. They break into his trailer while he's asleep. 
dad like starts uh he pulls like a box cutter and he's like okay you tell me what happened on the to the kids up on the hill and lucio's like i don't know anything about nothing in the meantime mom is like rooting around in lucio's stuff and sure as shit, she finds the bloody panties, dun, Jason. Dun, dun. She, what's he doing with uh, Sarah's bloody panties? She's like, hey, here's your daughter's bloody panties. And then dad, of course, just fucking rips Lucio to bits with the box cutter and splatters blood all over everything. I uh, thought they didn't uh, the dad basically jump on his ankles, hold his legs, and the mom slit I, his throat? I thought, I thought the mom, I thought it was the other way around. I thought the dad was the one hmm. stabbing him in the I neck. I thought it was the mom that slit his throat. You could be right. That whole scene was very dark. So Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter which one. Um, there was just something I liked more about the mom kind of, you know, enacting that revenge. I could see that because she was the one kind of driving this whole molestation yeah, the uh, narrative. narrative thing. Yeah. So I could see that either way. Uh, they get home. They naturally have to have bloody sex in the shower. Well, you got to. You have to, because you know what a fucking... <laughs> you don't want to waste that natural lube. <laughs> no way. And, uh, you know, what kind of a boner is that? <laughs> uh, we just stabbed the molester. Now I'm going to stab you in the crotch, sweet pea. Uh, it's a very, again, a lot of, lot of uh, unnecessary sex sequences in this movie. But that's why I like it. Because this mom is pretty hot for the most part. Um, everything seems copacetic from there. Um, this one random detective starts showing up at the house and he's like asking questions. It seems tragedy has struck Lucio. Uh, now, has a, the babysitter left yet? Yeah. Oh, that's right. They get back. They get back to the kids after the big murder thing there. The babysitter is gone. She took off. The kids are fine. They're upstairs asleep alone. But Marcia, the super hot babysitter is gone. Just vanished. <clears throat> They put minimal effort into finding out what happened with Marcia. Well, the kids are there. That's all you need. That's true. And to be fair, they did just murder a degenerate. Yeah, he's so got other things. You to got do. other things like blood sex on your mind. Yeah, <laughs> blood sex in the shower. Uh, everything seems to be cool here for a hot minute. Unfortunately, they get a phone call from the school saying that uh, Adolfo and Sarah haven't been coming to school lately. Weird that because dad drops them off at school every morning and watches them go in. So, okay, what the fuck is going on here? Mom took the phone call, but she didn't say anything to dad about it. She just thought that was kind of strange. Uh, so on a whim, she decides to follow them and see what, what happens. So she follows dad to school. He drops the kids off. The kids go in. Uh, dad drives off. Mom hangs back. Kids come out of school, get on a bus, mom follows the bus, they get off the bus at the CD gas station, and go walking right back up that dirt road to the hill. Back to old dirt park. Old fucking uh, shrubbery lane is what it is. (laughs) I don't know. So mom's like, well, what the fuck is going on here? This is very strange. So uh, she goes back home, and they come home, and she's trying to just like act like everything is cool. Um, clearly it's not. In the meantime, this detective keeps showing up, asking questions about Lucio. Uh, the detective pointed them out as asking questions about Lucio before he was killed. Um, they're both getting pretty, they're feeling the heat from Mm -hmm. the detective. So, and this detective was like, uh, he's playing it pretty smooth. 
You know, you could tell he knew what he was doing, and he had a giant belt buckle, man. <laughs> I didn't know. Did you see the size no, of that thing? I did. That was an it was impressive. A, like a hubcap. <laughs> it was like a WWE Intercontinental Championship yeah. belt buckle on this guy. And they had the matching bolo tie, all of it, very well, very nice. Um, so they're getting more pressure there. Mom is starting to understand that something is not quite right with the kids. Something beyond uh, just what's what the possible molestation. <clears throat> so that night they go to bed, and this is where the weird supernatural elements start come into play. Uh, that night they go to bed. They wake up to screaming. All the lights in the house are flickering, and there's a big pounding coming from outside. Uh, they run in to check on the kids. One of them is, like, thrashing about, like, I think it was Sarah. So they jump on her, like, hey, you're having a nightmare. Dad, on the other hand, runs outside to see what all the pounding's about. Now, <clears throat> this might just be their guilty conscience, but they immediately jump to the conclusion that somebody knows that they killed Lucio and is now fucking with them to try to scare them. That's a bit of a leap. A little bit. I mean, I get it. You feel guilty about Lucio, and you really don't want to go to prison, especially in Tijuana. But, I mean, if somebody knew, why wouldn't they just go to the cops and have you arrested? Why would they waste their time throwing rocks at your house? Regardless, Mom kind of sees this for what it really is, which is some kind of a supernatural event. So Mom gets even more curious and goes and sees Marcia the next day, the babysitter. She's like, hey, dude. The fuck with uh, running out on the kids the other night? What's your problem? So Marcia breaks down this whole evening as it as it really happened. And if I'm understanding this correctly, she likes walking around with her tits hanging. Oh, out. Oh, they are nice. Those are <laughs> that is a nice set of uh, young supple Latina breasts. One of which was pierced. I like that. I think both. Was it both? I think both. I was focused on one in particular. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't Whichever say. one was in frame uh, as you paused it. That is where it was at. Um, she basically breaks down this weird psychedelic situation where she was watching the kids. Everything was cool. Then all of a sudden the whole house went dark. And she got like these weird images and flashes of like um, – her being disrobed and like weird hands on her. And when she woke up, she was naked on the couch and she heard moaning coming from another room. And I can't say for sure, but I was led to believe that she walked in on Sarah and Adolfo having sex with each other. Is that what you got? More or less. Okay. She I didn't... mean, I've, I've kind of got the sex vibes between them two since basically they disappear into the hill. Sure. Even before the big whatever happens to him I, I like and that's where like as the mom like uh i think my first jump would have been i think my kids are fucking i wouldn't have went immediately back to panty lurker okay uh because they were just acting so close and closed off and sure weird that uh i would have thought there was something kind of not a shared kind of violation but more of a shared interest. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Um, we didn't really get much of their life before whatever happened on the hill. Yeah. But it's quite possible, uh, even leading up to that, I suppose. Um, regardless, uh, Marcia tells the story about having like this weird – and then she wakes up. She, I think she caught them fucking uh, – and then she like – passed out again and then when she woke up she was totally freaked out so she just 
put her clothes back on and hauled ass out of there and hasn't really come out of her bedroom since. So that's got mom even more weirded out. She goes back home. Uh, cop shows up again, starts asking more questions. She's getting really like feeling the heat, like, oh shit, maybe we should, we should maybe leave the, leave the area or something. Um, uh, dad is kind of the, the tensions between mom and dad. They, these two are either like fucking each other in the shower or they're completely at each other's throats. Yeah. There's no middle ground there. Explains the bruise. Uh, could be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but mom is starting to understand that there may be something else at play here besides just molestation. And she's starting to feel like a kind of a fuck face because the, the snapshot of Lucio that she's getting from the detective is that he's a weird dude, poss- obviously a panty lurker, but other than that, pretty much harmless. Yeah. And was, um, you know... A little mentally challenged. Quite possibly, not necessarily beloved in that area, but people knew him, and they, you know, knew that he was a weirdo. So, other than that, he was pretty much harmless, and they just went and shanked the piss out of him. So, <laughs> she's starting to feel kind of bad about that. Uh, tensions are rising between her and uh, the dad. I'm going to glaze through a lot of this, but to make a long story short... Mom follows the kids up the hill again, or actually she waits till they're gone, goes up the hill without them, uh, finds this weird cave situation, goes down into the cave and happens to find, wouldn't you know it, the dead bodies of her two kids. (gasps) What the what? She goes down out of the, the cave and she starts talking to the guy at the gas station. She's like, what is this place? And he, he doesn't really know, but he breaks down Lucio's, um, kind of, theory as to like there's some kind of a dark force that hovers around the hill and it preys on weak-minded people and i think it either possesses them or it kills them and assumes their identities and that's kind of what happened to the uh, weird biker guy at the mm-hmm. beginning lucio apparently had some kind of like uh like the altars were some kind of protection situation to keep them on the hill so you couldn't get fucked with if you didn't go up into that cave but the kids wandered in there um but once Lucio got killed, his little altars started getting taken down and stuff. And now the fucking weirdness is spreading. So mom goes back and she's like, okay, clearly nobody is going to believe me uh, about what's going on here. So I'm going to have to do this myself. So she hatches this somewhat ingenious yet uh, sinister scheme she gets what she thinks are her, her kid doppelgangers, for lack of a better term, up, makes them a nice breakfast, makes them a pitcher of tang or some kind of juice, yeah. puts something in it, which we are going to later understand is poison, uh, mixes it up, makes the kids drink the uh, poison tang. They both drink it and get killed. El tango. El tango. Ay, ay, ay. Dresses them up in like their, their best clothes and leaves their dead bodies on the bed. She then calls dad, and she's like, okay, uh, I, just need you sh- I just need to show you something. Meet me at that uh, horny gas station that we love so much. So dad goes hauling. He's like, oh, fuck it, now what? And he's got his own ideas about what's going on with her because she's acting weird too now. Uh, so he goes and meets her at the horny gas station. They go up the hill together. Dad's got a gun on him. Uh, they go into the cave, and she's like, look, I know this is going to – seem very weird i just need you to go around this corner and take a look down this little thing and you're going to see something and try just i'll i'll explain everything just do it and i'll i'll explain 
So dad goes around the corner, he shines a flashlight and sees the dead bodies of his two kids wearing the clothes that they were wearing the night they disappeared and clearly uh, decomposed. And he's like, what? No, I just dropped them off at school. How does this make sense? And she's trying to explain, hey, those are your real kids. Whatever the fuck you dropped off at school is not, uh, I don't know what it is, but it ain't your kids there, Jacko. And then he pulls out the gun and I believe shoots her in the head mm-hmm. and then himself. Is that what you got? Oh, you know what? That actually makes sense. Cause because was, because I, I was trying to wrap my head around, man, For if because once you go in the cave and then you're kind of like cloned, yeah. uh, you become very so like one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, but he had personality up until he shot her in the head. Right. But then... After they after they leave the cave, he's very one dimensional. Yes. So yeah, that makes absolute sense. Good good call there, dude. So like it makes total sense that he would have shot himself, but then because of the cave, both of them come back to life. Right. There's actually two gunshots. You see, you actually see him put the gun mm-hmm. on her face and blow her face off. Yeah. And then you cut to a exterior shot of the cave, and then you get the second. Didn't gunshot. even catch that second shot. Okay, nice. Well, so there's man. That. You you've just clicked, you've just I, elevated the movie this, for me. This just makes it all makes it's all clicking together now. Uh, and on top of that, if you're if you were really paying attention during the movie, um, right after they get back, Dad was trying to give Adolfo driving lessons. Yeah. And Adolfo couldn't figure out how to slip the clutch, mm-hmm. so he kept stalling the car. Yeah. Once they get back, mom and dad now, mom and dad clones get back in the car, and now all of a sudden, dad is slipping the clutch going down the yeah, hill. Yeah, driving real shitty. Yeah. I just assumed the mom was behind the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are Mexican. <laughs> and that is the end of Here Comes the Devil, Jay. What would you think of that one? Uh, I actually have seen this before. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten, and I hadn't logged it. Um, but almost immediately recognized it, kind of skipped through it just to refresh myself. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not a bad movie. No. Um, I mean, I'll probably give it like a six out of ten. And now with the additional clarification on the, the exiting the cave scene, uh, yeah, a little bit better. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, it's, it's got some issues, and it's poorly made. Clearly. Um, low budget, but uh, it's still like... It's a, it's a fun little story. I, I like the... It's a weird little story. It is. For for the budget they had, the lack of special effects involved. I mean, like, there's, there's one scene where the kid is levitating, or supposed to be levitating yeah. over his bed. And you can see <laughs> that he's just kind of leaning back. <laughs> you know what I mean? More <laughs> tilting. It's, it's fine. It's fine. But all that being said, I thought it was very well written. Um... There are a few plot holes, but nothing that's going to jump out and grab you yeah. or take you out of the movie. Uh, you can do a lot with uh, sultry nudity and torrid sex scenes in the front seat of a, uh, what was that, a Chevelle or something? I don't know. <laughs> a Nova. Something like that. And if you, know, if you can push that envelope, you can actually get a decent story out of something very minimal as what we had here. Yeah. I, I like it. I think it's a good show. Yeah, it's pretty good. I would probably, if on a 1 to 10, I'd probably give it a 7. Nice. Yeah, not bad at all. It's worth checking out. We found this one streaming on Tubi, Inmates. Is that where you got it? Yep. Check it out. Uh, you can watch it for free anytime you like. Let's take us a little break, Mr. Harrell. Let's do.
Microscopic cog in his catastrophic plan Designed and directed by his red right hand like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. We are back, Jason Harrell. Indeed. I have a bit of an announcement to make, my friend, before we get into this week's meat hook. Okay. June is fast approaching. Which means it is almost time to get into this year's Terra Dome tournament. Da, 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 da. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently this year, my man. Yeah. Instead of doing the usual franchise villains and uh, the ones that we've all come to know and love, this time we're going to mix it up. All of the contenders are going to be one-offs. Villains that we know and love from one movie nice. instead of the big franchises. Yeah. I got my eye on a few dudes. Okay. Sammy Kerr came to mind. I'm not I'm not taking anybody just yet, but I think Sammy Kerr could kick some ass. Okay. Dr. Giggles, I'm thinking about. Oh, boy. Oh, hey, don't you, <laughs> hey, don't sleep on Dr. Giggles. Uh, the aforementioned Horace Pinker. Yeah. Also, nice. yeah. somebody that could fuck something up. Love me some Horace Pinker. Uh, start thinking about that right now, inmates, and get your picks in as soon as possible. Standard 32 team bracket, 32 contender bracket, as we always do. Uh, one movie and one movie only is going to be the stipulation for this year's tournament nice. instead of the usual franchise. I, I like it. Uh, I think after that we're going to go into a horror hero mm. uh, Terra Dome. Okay. I want to see Ash versus Snake Plissken. Ooh. Or maybe a uh, J.P. McCre- really, we should have a Kurt Russell Terra Dome. <laughs> Uh, give me Jack Burton versus J.P. McGreedy. Bearded Kurt Russell versus unbearded Kurt Russell. I want a uh, tank top Kurt Russell. <laughs> I'll take overboard Kurt Russell. Captain Ron, is that you? Get the fuck out of here. You ready for this week's Terradome, amigo? You bet. Let's do it.
three on a meat hook. This week's Terradome, uh, foreign language horror movies, mm-hmm. Jason. What do you got on number three? My number three, let the right one in. Very cool. That's actually my number two. Oh, very nice. Um, did you ever watch that with the dubs, the English dubbing? Like the audio dubbing? Yeah. No, I only watch it subbed. It's better that way. Yeah. Because the, the, the hardest part for me to get around with the dubbing is that they have what is clearly a middle-aged woman doing the voice of the bully. Yeah, makes sense. No. <laughs> In fact, it seems very silly when you watch it. <laughs> hey, listen, Andy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really enjoy that movie. Me too. Um, passively kind of just rewatch it. I mean, if it's on, I usually just leave it on. You ever see the Americanization? Yeah. Let me in. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, I like the original a little bit better. I, the, I, I like them both for different reasons. Right. Uh, the, the, the difference in the vampire and the weird sexual ambiguity of the original, uh, what is it, Swedish, Norwegian? Yeah, I believe Swedish. Um, and that weird crotch shot, man. You know what I'm talking about? No. There's a part where he comes around the corner at the wrong time while she's changing clothes. Mm-hmm. And you can see her. her uh, right. There's something there. Oh. You never noticed that. No. There's something there and it looks like it's been uh, forcibly removed. Okay. So that brings us to a whole other point of like, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, maybe during her menses, she uh, starts munching down on herself. And those, that's just scar tissue. That is uh, a very flexible young lady. <laughs> And if I, need I like to, to think in what, and out of the box. What kind of uh, warm ups do I need to do to do that? <laughs> My number three is a Turkish film. You may have seen it by the name of Baskin. I I can swear I've seen it, but I I can't. Dude, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, you would know it if you've seen it. Yeah, uh, I'm very so, very certain that I have. Some dirty cops go to shake down uh, like a drug house and end up finding a gateway to hell. Hmm. And there is a an actor involved in this that suffers from some kind of deformity. Hundred percent remember now. Now you know what I'm talking yeah. about, and he is fucking gnarly. He's not attractive. He's not an attractive man. No. But he is perfect for this role. Yeah. And he does his job very well. Uh, One hell of a show if you haven't seen it. It's Baskin. I actually was trying to remember the name of that movie just like a month or two ago. And for some reason, I just kept thinking it was a a Mexican movie. I believe it's Turkish. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. How about number two there? My number two, I Saw the Devil. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. That is a fucking... It's so good. Jesus Christ. It's really good. That is a good one. Um, uh, would you call... I, I mean, at its core, I believe it's a horror movie, but some of it's, those... It's one of those that's almost hard for me. I mean, I personally am on the fence about calling it horror because okay. pretty much everybody else calls it horror, then I just go ahead and classify it as horror. I mean, if you can say that The Crow... Is horror adjacent? Sure. I'm definitely going to throw I Saw the Devil in there. But just watching those fight scenes, man. And those are... how. I mean, you're a serial killer, so fuck you to begin with. Yeah. But how fucked are you when every time you're getting ready to get your, your kill on, this random dude shows up and beats <laughs> the beats piss the out, shit out of you? <laughs> Here I am at the dentist's office thinking I'm going to, you know, get crazy with the, the poor hygienist. And here I... Now I'm getting pummeled with a fire extinguisher greatest thing about that movie is that i i went in blind i started watching that for the first time and i had no clue what it was Mm -hmm. i just happened to put it on and i'm like 
I don't know what I just watched, but that was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was. It was great. Uh, my number two, of course, let the right one in. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all the same reasons that you mentioned. Sure. How about uh, number one, Big Dog? Got to go with Train to Busan. I had a feeling that would pop up. Yeah. That is uh, – I, I, I got a weird thing about not – I don't when I'm watching a horror film. I don't want my heartstrings tugged on. Mm-hmm. Those are two separate hemispheres for me. I agree, uh, and it's kind of funny that that doesn't bother me. But you know how against humor in my horror movies Very that I true. am. Yeah, I see that. But for some reason, that that tender aspect of it. I guess maybe the survival. You know, I I, I see. I see comedy being out of place with horror, right? Whereas I could see compassion and stuff like that falling into horror. Sure, yeah, I get it. Still a great show. Yeah, for sure. Um, just didn't make got my... some good zombie shit going. Oh on. God, those zombies! Those yeah, like... I honestly don't even care about the you know the sentimental aspect the, of the yeah, movie. Yeah. I just think it's a really good zombie. movie. It is. It is uh, number one for me, Cairo. In my opinion, probably the best ghost movie ever made. Um, don't, if you've, have you ever seen a movie called Pulse with Kristen? Long time ago. It's, that is the Americanization of Uh Cairo. Don't watch Pulse. Watch, Pulse is about, uh, basically breaks down to killer cell phones because that makes a whole lot of sense. It's got to be better than one missed call. Uh, it's pretty on par with it, but, uh, Cairo is so much better. Um, like the, the disturbing ghost, like the, the, what they did with the audio when the ghost is trying to, to get in touch with you. I don't think I've seen it. You got to watch Cairo, dude. Yeah. Japanese, uh, the black smudges on the wall. I, I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it, but like just the, the visual, the audio really takes you to ghost town mm-hmm. and, uh, like just some of the eerie kind of things like. People just I, there's so, I have this weird thing about uh, somebody looking at me standing perfectly still, non-threatening, with this blank, emotionless face face on their face. That just freaks me right out, dude. Kind of like that, but yeah. I know I know <laughs> that's just my face. Yeah, I'm I sorry. know that's your that's, that's your basic resting face right there. Jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good, man. You got to check out Cairo. Hell of a show. Great ghost movie. Uh, anything from Sarah? No. Okay, then. She said, fuck foreign movies. America's where it's at. All righty. America. America. Love it. (laughs) Well, that is our uh, three on the meat hook for this weekend, mates. We'd love to hear what your top three non-English horror movies are. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or you get us on the email at mail at paddedroompodcast.com. Or I believe now what you can do, my friends, is create yourself a profile over at paddedroompodcast.com. Click the three on a meat hook link, and it will uh, basically allow you to fill in your meat hook right there, and it'll send it to us for next week's show. Is that correct, Jason? It should work. Theoretically. <laughs> in theory, that's how it's supposed to work. We'll, we'll, we'll try it yeah, out as we go. Send it that way. Send it through the contact form. Send it through the emails. Uh, leave it on voicemail. Uh, you know, just copious amounts of contact methods. Come knock up my front door. Yeah, just, just show up. Me. I'll just write show it. up. Whisper I'll, it in our in our ear. I'll, I'll uh, write it on a post-it note, and we'll we'll send you on your way with a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, right on, dude. How about a little? Uh, what are you looking at then? Mm-hmm.
What are you looking at? Uh, I got a pretty weird one this week, Jay. Okay. It's, uh, it, I feel like it was supposed to be some kind of an experimental film. I enjoyed it to a certain point. It's called The Moosehead Over the Mantle. Now, hang Have you seen this? No, sir. All right. Hang out with me on this. What you have is a cabin in the woods, um, very small. Um, it's been in the same family for close to 200 years. And in that 200 years, there has always been one moose head hanging over the mantle and one deer head just on the wall adjacent. The entire movie is shown from the perspective of the moose head and the deer head. And we start off like in the 1800s and we see a bunch of black magic weird shit going on. And then like it jumps back and forth to present day where it's now like uh, abandoned and all graffitied up. But the moose head and the deer head are still there. And like a distant cousin of the family just killed some lady and he's using it as a... um, like a like a safe house, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a bunch of different. There's like a uh, in the six in the forties there was like a, a set of parents that abandoned their kids in this cabin and they had to fend for themselves. And then like back in the early 1900s, it was like a uh, uh, what do you call their uh, uh, prohibition like a rum runner type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And there was like a couple of guys got killed in the cabin, and it's basically this just this bad chain of events starting from when the family originally built and occupied the cabin all the way up to present day and just a bunch of this bad turn of luck for this family in this cabin as shown by the moose head and the deer head (laughs) interesting it is very interesting um i enjoyed it a lot but i have to warn you there is some horrendous acting involved and a lot of uh uh, one would say possibly Shatner level overacting at certain points. It's a bit of a thing. It's worth checking out, just as on, on the experimental level alone. So is it kind of from their eye perspective? No, it's like, like looking out. No, it's like uh, well, some like a couple of times the moose head gets knocked over, like during a fist fight. Yeah. So it'll come down to the floor, and then mm-hmm. you'll get to see like down the hallway for a second. Oh, okay. Then they'll pick it up and put it back. Huh. And then, like, uh, at one point, there's a, uh, like, a sham fortune teller as a member of the family. And she put, like, a secret door behind the deer head. So when the when the deer head door opens, the, the camera will, like, swing out. You yeah. can see what's happening behind it. It's it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a cool concept. Yeah, it seems, I mean, original. It's original. I'll yeah. give it that. Um, it's, it's something to check out. I found this one streaming on Paramount Plus, if anybody's nice. interested. That's all I got to watch this week, big guy. How about you? Uh, one movie, one movie only, other than required viewing. Scream 6. And? It is another Scream movie. Okay. Um, I was... I, I mean, we were actually quite pleased with it for the most part. Yeah. Until like that last third. Um. Then it just became yet another Scream movie. Like, uh, just another Scream movie. Yeah. Uh, where there's, you know, your s- surprise twist of who's doing what. And, it, of course, it's going to be something that is impossible to figure out. <laughs> like, you can't even, like, play the part of detective and piece this shit together. Right. Because it's just, like, so thinly pieced together. Like, oh, here's a character and here's a character and this is the weird marriage between those two characters Mm -hmm. like how the fuck would i have ever pieced that together am i just not even supposed to play the part of detective 
that eliminates the tension. Right. Because you're with the characters trying to figure out who the killer is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if if I'm not going to be able to kind of be along with the characters for the ride and try to figure out, well, who the hell's coming after these people, then I'm basically left knowing that I'm watching yet another screen movie and I just need to wait for, wait for the payoff, right. which is going to always be disappointing. <laughs> Borderline upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I get so it. So it was... It was again. It was fine. Okay, six out of ten. It, it's a scream movie. Where would you put it in your? Had uh, some good cuts. Had some really good stabbing. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. Where, where would you put it in your your power lineup of scream movies? <sighs> oh boy. Uh, honestly, probably like shit. Probably second or third. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Better than Scream Five. You think? Yeah. Okay. Scream Five kind of. I don't know. It had too much that t- turned me off. Okay. Um, but Scream 5 also had some really good kills. It did. Uh, so Scream 6, I feel, is kind of right there with the killing. Okay. Uh, it's just gratuitously stabbing. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, lots of stabbing. I love it. Um, yeah, did- I would say I liked it a little bit better. Maybe I was just in a better frame of mind okay. um, than Part 5. But, right. but part five will probably be on the heels of six. Has Melissa Barrera stepped her game up at all? She did fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Be good. But you were very offended by her I, acting. God five. damn, man. Yeah. That was bad. All right. I don't want to go on down that road again. Uh, how about some immersion therapy then, amigos? Mm-hmm. I'm about to blow you some demon wind right out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> That rancid semen really backs up on you. (laughs) Immersion therapy. Demon wind, my friend. Demon wind. What'd you think? This movie's not as bad as what I anticipated. It's not good. No, it's not It's not, not good. by any long stretch. Um, but I, again, have absolutely seen far worse. Sure, sure. Uh, I really expected this to be total dog shit. Okay. Um, it does have some stuff that I would say is so bad it's good. <laughs> like the ridiculous fucking can-kicking ninja <laughs> action. Magician. <laughs> Ninja action magician is what he was. Uh, that shit was just silly. Yeah. Um, lots of wonky special effects. Right. Uh, but again, I, I mean, it was fine. Um, I mean, it's still a four out of ten kind of movie. That's being generous. maybe a four and a five or four point five. That's even more generous. I would um, say. I wasn't offended by it. It was completely stupid. The the biggest problem I have with Demon Wind is that you've got a cabin. It's not really in the woods, but you've got a cabin. You've you basically got yourself an Evil Dead knockoff. Sure. Why does the entire movie take place during the day? What is that? I could care less what time of day it is. We just don't want to put the money down on some lighting. Well, this? there was this one shot where one of the magician guys, I think, 
um, not the kicking guy, but the other fruit. Uh, he like he like walks into this one room, yeah, and it is so dark and grainy, like you could barely see what's going on yeah. in this fucking room. Oh yeah. So thank goodness it was during the day. Yeah, I'm gonna blow your mind right now. Okay. You know who is in this movie uncredited? No. None other than Chavez Chavez, Lou Diamond Phillips. Wow. Yes. He is one of the zombies. He was dating one of the actresses at the time. Hmm. His agent refused to let him be credited in the movie. But if you watch the, the, the credits, the zombie extras, one of them shows up as Lou Jem Phipps. And that is Lou Diamond Phillips. Well, I'll be Phillips. damned. <laughs> oh, it's stupid. It's a stupid movie, man. Um, well, we got a sequel yeah, coming up. Yeah, because he had already done Young Guns by He was then. a big star. Because this point. is like 89, I think. Yeah, he was a big star. Huh, I'll be damned. Yeah, and he's a, he, apparently he's a huge fan of zombie films, so he's like, oh, I want to be a zombie. Yeah. And uh, there he goes. And uh, Lou Jem Phipps. Yeah. What did you him. think of First Power? I like First Power. Yeah, it's, it's a good not, little flick. It's not my favorite of the, uh, the three that came out. My favorite would be Shocker, but there was nothing wrong with that. Um, I really like the part where he pulls the ceiling fan down and mm-hmm. is using it like a like a, some kind of a rotor blade to yeah. clean out the hallway. I sure, that was pretty cool. Um, other than that, like there's like five movies that came out within three years of each other that were all the exact same movie. Yeah, serial killer goes to the electric chair, comes back as some kind of a thing to kill the cop that sent him to the electric chair. It's fine. It's good stuff. Uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Device from 2014. Hmm. Two chicks go to a cabin in the woods and end up finding something nasty out there. Uh, you can find this bad guy streaming on Tubi, inmates. Check that shit out. We'll do the same and compare notes next week. But now it is time to educate Darian. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. I am a reality TV host and uh, a pretty popular one with a ghost hunting operation. Me and my team are going into an abandoned asylum to uh, confront the evil spirits and get evidence of uh, actual haunting. Uh, then we somehow got bricked into this place and we can't get out and there's shit chasing us around. Grave Encounters, Jason Harrell. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that one? Yes, sir. It's not that good. It's fine. Uh, neither is the second. They actually made a sequel to it. I don't know if you saw that one. I think I did. They, they Dude, once uh, Paranormal Activity came out, they just started cranking these fucking found footage things out. Yeah, I think uh, Grave Encounters 2 was... I didn't like it near as much as the first one. I didn't like the first one. I liked the first one fine. Ah. Oh, God. Bah, I say to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's, it's what you get. It's a found footage ghost movie. There you go. Who might I be this week, you ask? We do ask. Jason, I am a vampire, and I was recently woken from my sleep by some construction happening on my old family estate. Uh, I was once royalty in this region, but now my family has taken the the family business and driven it right into the ground. A bunch of degenerates living in my old manor 
Luckily, they haven't found my hidden fortunes inside the secret chambers. But now it is my job to uh, reinvigorate the family, bring us back to prosperity, and get back at that fucking witch that put me in the ground to begin with. Who might I be, you ask? We do ask. Tune in next week, and I will drop some knowledge on you inmates. In the meantime, I think that's about it for us. Join us next week for Lose, L-U-Z, not lose as in lose your job, uh, here in Hispanic Month in the padded room um, in appreciation of Cinco de Mayo, I think is what we decided. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That made the most sense at the time, so just bear with us on this. Um, Like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps our uh, visibility quite a bit, inmates, if you have time. We also have a Patreon campaign running. Support.paddedroompodcast.com is where you find the link to that bad guy. Uh, The month of June is presently open for your uh, fucking choosing pleasures and make us watch whatever you want. $5 donation will get you control of that, plus a t-shirt, plus a Padded Room travel mug. Rumor has it Darian's really hoping someone won't. Birdemic 2 and 3. Oh, love to do the the Birdemic (laughs) franchise. Really just dig me deep into the weird, uh, inconvenient truth and Prius driving subculture. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, inmates, I think that's about it for us. For uh, Hispanic Horror, what are you doing? There's a fucking spider dangling in front of my face. Oh, look at this guy. (laughs) I'm about to shit my pants. Intruders in the padded room. Technical difficulties. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And the padded room podcast, I'm afraid. Visiting hours are over. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Arr, arr, arr.